What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. It's Fall from the South with Steve and Fab. Hey guys, we're back with Four from the South. I'm Steve Healy. I'm here with my co-host Fabrizio Capano. Fab, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be back. You're reporting from a new location, New York City. Do we consider that part of Latin America here on the show? I mean, now, yes. Now that I move here, now that I you've think got now it. is more. We have an outpost. Yeah. And we're I thrilled to have a special guest uh, today. We've got uh, sort of our boss here at uh, Exile <laughs> Media and also a host of his own show, Jacobin Weekends. Here's Nando Villa. Nando, how you doing, man? Uh, just keeping an eye on you guys, making sure the trains run on time, making sure you guys aren't dilly-dallying on the job. Uh, dilly-dallying, trains running on time. That's key to yeah. uh, Latino culture and podcast culture as well. They're both known they for know. no dilly-dallying, getting right down to business. Nope. Exactly. That's how podcast works. Yeah. I just got to make sure the money flows. You're from Miami. Is that right? That's Latin America. I am. Yeah. For sure. Yes. The capital, as they say in Miami, they like to say, which is like a horribly like imperialist thing to say, but they say that Miami is actually the capital of Latin America. It's horrible, (laughs) and it's right, and it's true. (laughs) Who disputes that? Are there any, like, are there Uh, any, what would be the other contenders? Oh, Mexico City, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, I mean, the reality is that uh, Miami is the capital of... Latin American reaction or oligarchy or whatever you want to call it, but that's where all all the all the oligarchs in Latin America, one hundred percent of them, have an have a condo or a house in Miami. Yeah, are they I all in the same complex or yeah? 
in, the, in that little island. What's it? I, Don Francisco was in a little island. I remember. Yep. Don Francisco does live on an island. He lives in a. Uh, he lives. I think he lives on Indian Creek or something where like a lot of celebrities live. Um, yeah. They do not have their own the same complex. They're really like scattered all over the place. A lot of them live in Key Biscayne. Um, a lot of them live in Aventura. A lot of them live. Uh, yeah, just all over the place, really. Um, and it's just been this ever since the pink tide in Latin America in 1999, when it started, uh, when Chavez took over Venezuela and uh, and then Lula took over Brazil. And like the rich people in Latin America were like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, <laughs> what? Know? Wait, are you going to tax us? Are you fucking crazy? Are you fucking insane? <laughs> we're going to take our money and we're going to go to Miami. Florida opened its arms and said, come to yeah, us. Like, I, I have to say, when I, when I was growing up, all the most horrible people that I met, they were like, we have a house in, in Miami. Yeah. It was like everyone that I, it was like the, the worst person of Chile also needs to have a base in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, and no, that's what gave uh, birth to you. So you should for. be really proud of that heritage, yeah. Nando. But we, yeah. our first story this week, we're hoping that you can help us understand this. It's about something called yes. Miami Coin, which is, yes, I guess just what I'm desperate to understand. I'm a very simple, naive person. My mind is not very sophisticated. But when I look at what yes. Miami Coin is and read about it, I can't help but think that it seems a bit like a Ponzi scheme. Because you oh. mint a thing that <laughs> to, to help me understand what's going on here. It seems to be a thing that's only well, valuable as long as more and more people want it. Uh, yeah, that does sound very Ponzi schemish. But <laughs> okay. Steve, you just don't understand. You just don't understand. It's the blockchain, dude. It's I the know. it's the crypto. It's like cryptocurrency. That is what you just. You have to like expand your mind, dude. Your outdated modes of thinking are causing you to not understand the revolutionary power of the new mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez. Not really that new. He's 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 been around for a while, but like. I guess he's like a new man ever since the crypto thing really took off. But you just don't understand the revolutionary power. It's going to like end governments, man. It's going to end central banks. It's going to end states. It's going to end taxation. Uh, so, yeah, yeah he it, said it's, specifically it's, that he get could on board. See, he said he could see this uh, taking Miami away from taxation, which his quote so, was something sorry, like, which like, I think would be really this great. This is the mayor. This is the, the mayor, mayor. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, saying that there's a new coin taking like taxes i mean you would like i mean if you're a mayor <laughs> taxes are gonna help you to do what you need to do uh, you would yeah. think so, fab you would think you would think that that's true i have to but expand my say, mind Look, looks like also you my mind is not that expanded no 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 you have not yet uh taken the pill uh mm, it's to. what they're saying is like we're gonna mint this coin it's gonna be called the miami coin and then people are gonna want it because reasons, and then uh, that the increase in value in the coin get driven by people's demand. That revenue uh, is going to be used to fund, the, you know, the firefighters and the cops and the and the, you know the roads and all the stuff that you would want to fund in a city can be just funded by the magic. Yeah, Don Francisco exactly. needs it to, to drink the his fine wine. America. <laughs> yes. I, I want to say this is my problem with this is like and cryptocurrency is doing this to me. They put me in the side of banks. Don't do this. Yeah. To me. Now I'm 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 a bank supporter. You 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 keep pushing me to do this. And and talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, this is not like trying to steal uh Nayib Bukele's idea a little bit. 
Totally, yeah. yeah. He's running the Bukele playbook. He's making his community yeah. a hype crypto, somehow connecting it to crypto, and hopefully the crypto weirdos will come there. Uh, is that the goal? You want these people to come there? Because they seem pretty psycho. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> no, no. He 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 wants them to go. I mean, as far as as far as I can tell, this this all started when um some VC guy in Silicon Valley whose name escapes me, he has like some sort of Russian sounding name. Uh like about a year and a half ago, tweeted out, uh, what if we all just like got up and left from Silicon Valley and went to Miami? And then the mayor of Miami, this guy, Francis Suarez, who is like, I, I mean, he's such a Miami bro. Like Miami bro is a very specific kind of bro. Like there's crypto bros, there's like Wall Street bros, there's like frat bros. And also the Miami bro is a very specific kind of bro. One of, one of, of a variety of bro that I am intimately familiar with. And he is like, the Miami bro par excellence. He's perfect, okay? And he responded to the tweet saying, how can I help? And that unleashed a wave of Silicon Valley people who were just like, oh, maybe we should leave uh, yeah. San Francisco to go to Miami. But next thing um, I knew, every Silicon like, Valley guy was like, what a visionary. Like, <laughs> Yeah. They're like, they're like, this guy is a real visionary. And I, I'm tr- I promise you that this guy, like all he's ever done in his life is like go clubbing on South Beach and like massive amounts of cocaine. Like this is like all he's ever done in his well, life. That's the way to expand um, your mind, man. Like that's the only that's way true. to... No, this sounds like a scheme that can only be... Uh, thought of on cocaine where it's like you know what man you know what man we're gonna do a cryptocurrency it's gonna be a city coin and and, and we're gonna eliminate taxes and it's gonna be awesome and we're, we're gonna revolutionize the world man it's gonna be fucking awesome you know like that's the only the only explanation is like cocaine i have to say one of the main problems with this new currency the name miami coin yeah yeah makes terrible kind of scheme just don't use the name of the, in the entire city it, it i feel like it's too much too much in the nose uh, to be honest, I, I don't think it's a great name. Uh, and Dogecoin was also uh, not a great name, but it works because it was like a kind of a parody. This is like Miami coin. Yeah, it was a parody, but it also had an image, you know, like if they just had yeah, a you yeah. know, very visual. Yeah, Pelican, that yeah. wouldn't work. But some Miami like visceral Art Basel coin might have been better. Or so, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. would be the best um, landmark in Miami to really like? Where, where's the place that that these dudes love? Where where are the dude bros of Miami going? Where does Suarez have his oh, you know birthday? Yeah, they're going to live. They sh- it should be called the Live Coin. Or okay. honestly, there's a, there's a nightclub in Miami called Eleven, which like I've always wanted to. Like I'm surprised that no magazine journalist has ever done uh, a big profile on it, or at least as far as I know, or anyone have like maybe we should maybe we should do a live recording of this show yes. uh, at Eleven because absolutely Eleven is a nightclub it's gonna be 30 that, hours by the yeah. <laughs> if we're there yeah it's open 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year like really? it'll be open on oh thanksgiving morning yes okay absolutely. if we're there um and it, it's 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 genius in a way because the founders of 11 basically took the tried and tested model of a strip club and then we're just like what if we just had a bigger strip club with more strippers and then we t- also turned it into a nightclub and and it became this like massive thing there i actually know a guy that went to my high school is actually developing now the 11 condos like they're, they're building condos wow. on top of okay. it and it's going to be like the 11 so you can just like be at your condo there's the strip club there's a restaurant up there and it's all one closed ecosystem and he's gonna i'm actually rich, surprised that they have I mean, I think yeah. it's he's a great idea, but then rich. if you put like the 11 healthcare 
or like the 11 like you you have to expand <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah 11 medicare who needs that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who needs that <laughs> so that would be that would be the coin I had difficulty learning how much a Miami coin was worth. It seemed like about 20 cents right now, but uh, the translating it in dollars backwards and forwards is not going to be easy. And also, by the way, when you dig no. into the weeds on it, like the money ge- sort of generated by new people buying or mining Miami coins, th- most of that goes to the city of Miami. So you're actually still like, get if you hate taxes, you still are getting taxed at a certain rate once you accept that you're like getting less of the Miami coins. Totally. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't know what you guys think about crypto in general. Like I, I find it to be like totally ludicrous, uh, and, uh, and, you know, absolutely like kind of in a weird way, uh, asking profound questions about the nature of money and economics and things like that, um, that no one is really thinking about too much anymore. Uh, you know, like, like, why do we do this? And like, yes. what is the, you know, like what is the actual role of money in a society or like, why do, why does money have value? And like the crypto guys will always tell you, it's like, well, anything could be, anything could be value. Like as long as people like believe in it. And I think that that's one of the reasons why crypto people are such, ev- so evangelical about it. Right. Um, is that in a way it has to, it runs on faith, like as if yes. it were like a religion or anything like that. And honestly, the high priest right now, is Francis Suarez. Like, I mean, he <laughs> just the fact that just the fact that this crypto community has found someone in the public sector um, who has been willing to extend a hand and be like, you know, just whatever you guys want to do, we'll do it here. Uh, because up until now, everyone in the public sector, especially at the state, at the national level, understands that in order for there to be a national government in anything, whether it's left, right, dictatorship, communist utopia, whatever, that a national government has to have a monopoly on two things. First is state violence, that it has to have a monopoly on violence. And the second has to have a monopoly on the currency, you know, and if it doesn't, then it it just literally ceases to exist. Like there's just no point in it. And that's what the, then the crypto guys be like, well, what, well that's what our goal is, like a stateless <laughs> world, you know? And I'm like... I, the only thing is, like, please, I hope this stops soon. I don't want to pay my the college tuition of my son in NFTs. I, yeah. I just want to. I just want to have a, a normal life with dollar. I moved here to get dollars. They told me that was the real money. <laughs> that was the and American now, dream. Please, I mean, what I have to do now? Gold? Where you where yeah. you gonna get keeps moving? Where's the real money? So please stick to dollars. Uh, I I don't I don't want this shit to. Uh, you guys just but Fabrizio, your next stand your next stand up act will have to be an NFT. They're not gonna they're like comedy clubs. Are you crazy? Uh, no way. It's gonna be an NFT. You know how people have called me to do NFT. There's a whole thing about doing NFT jokes and comedy, and I just I just I just don't want any part of yeah. that because it's just horrible people. I mean, if you change yeah. your jackets, you guys stop wearing those jackets and stop using that haircuts. Maybe I will pay attention. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community Because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. 
It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura Podcast Network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I have I have news from Chile. I mean, if you could, if you, if oh, you, good. you okay, change great. topic now, <clears throat> sure. Because I, I, this is also part of the future. We talk about the future. This is the future of uh, candidates. The future of running for president. Okay. So listen, during the last last election, there was one guy who started running for president in Chile because he was uh, giving advice, financial advice on morning shows. His name is Franco Parisi. He was just like giving you like, hey. You want to like pay less for this? Just do this, 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 and you know that kind of. Franco Miami Parisi? Yeah. Is that what you said? Franco, Franco yeah. Parisi. Yeah. That sounds so like a name a, that could yeah. that could be like a New Jersey like uh, talk show host. Yeah. Uh, or like a, you know pizza character. owner, sure, pizza joint yeah. owner. Franco hey, go Parisi. over to Parisi's and give yeah. me a couple of slices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm walking uh, in. <laughs> so he was teaching you like uh, I don't know tips to do your financials better and. He got some traction. People were excited about this guy. He ran and he got 10% uh, on the election. That is very impressive for nobody. And everyone was like, oh, this is interesting. And then he went to uh, Alabama. He For four years, he was a teacher in the University of Alabama. That's what he said. I mean, there was no proof of that. But then there was a proof, yeah, when he was uh, accused of uh, sexual harassment to a group of mm. students. And mm. a, you can you can YouTube and there's a video of the news story of like Franco Parisi can't teach in this university anymore because of this. 
And uh, you know what? He try again, run for president. You know, it's, it's yeah. not a big deal. If you, if you, you know, you can be accused of sexual harassment and then run for president. It's not a big deal. A disgraced well, it's a, no, it's, now it's like professor. a prerequisite. Yeah, now it's like a prerequisite for the job. I mean, after Trump, sure. like if you yeah. and or and Biden, by the way, for 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 that matter, um, you know, both credible uh, <laughs> have credible uh, accusations of sexual assault, harassment, whatever, um, and they both won. So, like, it seems like it's a part of the job. There will be there will be a president elected from not living in his own country, right? It's got to have happened already, probably. I mean, I'm not sure, but this time, this is a crazy thing. It's like, so he's starting like doing just lives, and like he's running again in this election, this cycle. Actually, the election night is uh, this Sunday. Um, so he he's he started running uh, just online because he was like, I have to work. I I mean, I don't have the money from the government, so I keep working here. And it was like, but you're not in the University of Alabama anymore. And he was like, no, 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 I'm doing some some stuff and I need to be here, I need to be here. So I'm going to like run my campaign online. And then a month before the election, I will go there, I will tour the country and I will win. So all his followers started like, yeah, he's coming back uh, November 7. He's, he's going to be back in Chile. He's going to be back. And then he started making these videos of him like going to the airport doing like, hi i'm in chile and there's like a backdrop <laughs> it's like screen. a picture <laughs> yeah it's a green screen <laughs> it's like that scene in wayne's world where like hi we're in delaware and we're having a good time yeah <laughs> so, so we're he, in he, delaware he doing like i'm finally going i'm finally going to chile and then he's like oh i was at the airport and i brought my uh pcr and it was negative but Someone at the line told me, like, hey, you need to do a rapid test right now. So they took me to a room and they did a rapid test and it was inconclusive. Ooh. So I, I cannot go, guys. I'm sorry. And he made this video and this is all true. He's like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I mean, it's inconclusive. I'm going to have to take the test again, but probably <coughs> it will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think he's avoiding uh, coming? This is like a, he's a catfish candidate, you know? Like, <laughs> he's a catfish this, candidate. This is like what catfishing people do. They're like, oh, I'm on my way to the airport. Oh, there's a car accident. Oh, I can't come to visit you. Uh, like th That totally didn't happen to me, by the so way. So then for three days, he was like, I'm, I'm taking the test again, but uh, maybe I'm not feeling that well. Oh, I, <clears throat> sorry. And then he took the test and it was positive. So now he cannot go to the election. So he's not going to be... He's going to be the first candidate never touching Chilean soil during the campaign. How many of his neighbors? I wonder if he in got Alabama. COVID on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think he had COVID. That's my theory. I don't. Think you think he, it's fake? Yeah. I mean, first of all, no one ever take you in the airport from to a room to do a rapid no. test. I don't know. I never no. heard this before no. ever. You know. That's fake. Yeah. Well, what I'm what I'm wondering, though, is if he he made up that story, obviously, but then maybe maybe later then he just like went around like the hospital and was just like people with COVID. He's like, just breathe in my mouth, breathe in my mouth. Give me COVID. <laughs> like just desperately trying to get COVID <laughs> so that he could avoid. Honestly, I hope he wins. So he for yeah. four years, he's like, guys, I cannot go. I Sorry. Can't. I mean, my car I got, is not working. Now I have whooping cough. Yeah. 
Well, this is like, uh, you know, Eric Adams, the new mayor of, of New York, doesn't live in New York. And um, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> and he has an apartment in New York that he claims he, he lives in. And a journalist, like, sat outside his apartment for, like, an entire week, uh, like, like, in a car stakeout. And he showed up only once. Um, and he actually <laughs> took his car, his own car, Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, and just parked it on the sidewalk, like, in the middle of the sidewalk, and then just, like, left it there for a while. Like he's just the strangest guy, but that's that. You're right. That's going to be the future of uh, of public office. Is that you're just not going to have to live in the place that you're from. You're going to do everything by Zoom. Um, you know, like if if you if if everything else is 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 on Zoom, why should the president have to be in the White House or whatever the equivalent of the White House is in Chile? Yeah, I have I haven't done the math on this. I'd like really crunch the data, but it does seem like weirdness is on its way up among elected officials. Oh, yeah. They're all their their lives oh. just seem a lot weirder than they used to. I don't know if that's because of social media, we know more about them or something, or just weirder people are getting involved, or the process of doing it in a in a world where you're always on camera just is weirdening to you, but Man, there's just some some just not even like a, a, a shocking or anything. Just kind of odd. Just like wh- what is that person's deal? Eric Adams is one. Well, I think part of it is that right now to be a powerful politician is one of the most awful, thankless jobs in the universe. Um, like you have all the public scrutiny without any of the perks that comes from you know pa- like being a powerful person. Like you don't make that much money. You might make money afterwards, but you don't make that much money anymore. Um, and before, if you were like Gary Hart or JFK or whatever, you can like be sleeping with like all the most beautiful women in the universe and like no one would ever know. Um, and now uh, you can't do that anymore. And it you just have to talk like with, it the, just, with the tech bros. And they, yeah, they you have to like grovel yes. with like the tech bros and beg them for. Hang out uh, with them. Yeah, you got to hang out with them all day. From sleeping with starlets to groveling with tech nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the downgrade. Yeah. So like what, what kind of Newsom. psycho actually chooses that job? Yeah. Gavin Newsom. I throw him in another, like the, the, the behavior of this man is unbelievably weird. Disappears for two weeks at a time. And next time we see him is at one of the weirdest weddings anyone's ever witnessed of yeah. uh, Ivy Getty, the oil hair, which I get that basically Gavin Newsom is a creation of the Getty family and he probably has to show up there. But also like, where was he for two weeks? What's going on here? Yeah. Just to finish with Parisi, one of my favorite things about this guy is he keep going in his Instagram account like, who cares about like uh, being there or not? What matter is my yeah. my ideas? And his idea sucks, but at the same time he's like, <laughs> I, like I'm going to win anyway. Ideas. And now you I, I, love, I, I love the idea of like someone's like, but wait, your idea sucks. Like, uh, who cares about my ideas? What yes. really matters is like, and he just moves on to a new thing, you know? Like. And the comments, the comments are great because he's like, most of the people are like his followers were like, I, I was about to vote to you, but you never show up. My family's making fun of me. Everyone thinks that I'm a clown. It's catfish. That's what happens wow. when you get catfish. Your family ma- makes fun of you and your friends are like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? You know, like she was very yeah, obviously fake. Exactly like that. The people are like, I have five people who want to vote for you, and now everyone is making fun of me. Please don't stop it. <laughs> are the fans of this guy like typical of the kinds of people you see on Catfish, like sort of lonely, um, somewhat gullible people who support this guy? 100%. 100%. Okay. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Is I mean, is is the Latino crypto bro also? Yeah. A lot of those are like, yeah, no taxes. I want to be rich now. I am not rich. No. <laughs> yeah. So, 
That's this is his guy. Okay, well, that is excellent. Wow. Thank you for the report from Chile. I had for our third story, I wanted to bring up something that I read uh, in the New Yorker. It was about the uh, president of Honduras, uh, whose name is Juan Orlando uh, Hernandez, and his brother uh, has been yep, his brother's been indicted for on drug smuggling charges. It seems like the two of them working together helped to bring enormous amounts of cocaine into the United States. Um, Mm. And uh, apparently when this was reported, but the, the the detail that I wanted to get at was when this was, this is a New York article by John Lee Anderson. And they're t- apparently they told Kamala Harris, she's been sworn in as vice president. She's briefed about the allegations against president Hernandez and an official who was present said that Harris, a former prosecutor had an immediate response. Let's go get him now. Uh, and then in parentheses, a white house official said the vice president's team has never heard her say anything like this, which yeah, I bet they haven't, but it seems totally crazy the vice president of the united states is told okay the president of honduras is probably involved in smuggling cocaine her reaction is like let's go like she wanted to invade honduras? let's go murder him let's let's idea? murder him let's noriega yeah. him yeah let's <laughs> let's noriega him this is like if you subbed out the name kamala harris and put in the name donald donald trump for that quote yes it would fit it would fit perfectly. Like if Donald Trump was briefed on some awful president in Central America, like, well, why can't we kill him? Let's just let's yeah. just go over there and just murder him. Um, so, like, Nando, you know, you're, you're you briefed just... on America's uh, misadventures in Central America. What's going on? What's the story yes. of Honduras? What is the problem there? How is it that a basically coke uh, trafficker is the president? And that's like <laughs> the best, uh, a relatively yeah, good what, what, yeah. what can you do? <laughs> um, <laughs> we have about 10 minutes left on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what can you do to help? Uh, well, this all goes back to two th- the year 2009 when um, there was a military coup in Honduras to depose the sort of left-leaning, uh, democratically elected president, a guy named Manuel Zelaya, um, who, uh, you know, as any left-wing leader in Latin America will have happened to him every once in a while. The military just was like, no, you can't do that. And then they they depose him. Um, the coup was opposed by every single country in Latin America, even a lot of bun- even a bunch of right wing countries, um, except for the United States. And I believe Colombia, which is like basically a vassal state of the United States at this point. Um, and uh at the time, the president was Obama and the secretary of state was Hillary Clinton. Um, and they supported uh, the military coup against the um, recommendations or the wishes of, of basically every single other Latin American country in the hemisphere. Um, and what happened after that was that essentially this guy, Juan Orlando Hernandez, was installed uh, as president and received full backing from the U.S., you know, f- full backing. And he... Um, went on a campaign to privatize their pension system, uh, you know, uh, cut social services, all that stuff, created a massive uh, social crisis in Honduras, which is why, do you guys remember that story of the caravan of migrants? Yes, yes. That's that's because of that. Um, it's They were all coming from Honduras. They were not coming from like Nicaragua or, or other places. They were coming from from Honduras because of this uh, massive social crisis that was unleashed uh, after the coup d'etat in 2009. Just a side note there, they mentioned in this article, in the John Lee Anderson article, that like the U.S. doesn't really, we're not that worried about Nicaragua because their migrants just go, go south into Costa Rica. So we just don't, you know, we don't concern ourselves with their problems. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the, the whole Nicaragua thing is a whole other story. But yeah, yeah in Honduras, <laughs> another uh, 10 yeah, that's a whole other yeah. can of beans. Yeah, it's another 10 pocket. Uh, but um, yeah, and then it turns out, oopsie daisy, uh, the uh, this guy, Juan Orlando Hernandez, has been tied to uh, drug trafficking, which uh, if you know any uh, history of the United States involvement in Central America, or if you've watched any movies like, uh, say, American Made, uh, starring Tom Cruise, um, or uh, Kill the Messenger, starring Jeremy Renner, you know that a little organization, also uh, friends of the show, called the CIA, um, has often been linked with drug trafficking in Central America. Um, Why, do you ask, does the CIA do drug trafficking in in Central America? Well, basically, it's like the best way for them to launder money, um, keep money off the books. It's a a great way for them to, um, you know, control, um, you know, this basically like the worst possible thugs to do kind of assassination campaigns. All the good stuff that the CIA is very into um, often comes from the drug trade. Uh, and this is true in Central America, as it's true um, when they sort of uh, allied with drug traffickers in the ports of Marseille right after World War II. They've just been doing it from the very, very beginning. Um, so, yeah, it shouldn't come as a huge shock that the right-wing maniac that the United States installed after a military coup in Honduras turned out to be uh, a drug trafficker. Well, well, freedom isn't free, Nando. This, yeah. That's true. <laughs> you got you to gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet, as they say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, the alternative, his neighbor in El Salvador has gone full Bitcoin. So, you know, relative to that, cocaine might be a somewhat honest way to make a living. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, it, it still it still have value in the market. Like it's not gonna like go down. Yeah, that's really true. As Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. true. If no, I could it's... give you a thousand Miami coins or one kilo of cocaine, which do you think you could <laughs> yeah. trade for? Like, guys, yeah. well, I don't. What, I, don't I, know which I don't one brought the we'll... cocaine, but I brought some NFT. <laughs> it's like this party sucks. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> this party fuck. It's like, hey, check out these NFTs. We can. Hey, no, no, it's not. It's it's a, it's an NFT of cocaine. You put it on the glass table, and then you just look at the GIF, and it's it just and it, it, the line blows itself. <laughs> if you asked, if you asked the president of Miami, like you have to get rid of either cocaine or cryptocurrency from your city, what would, wow. what would his honest answer be? Well, you know what you know what his honest answer would be. He'd be like, "Oh, let's get rid of cocaine," and then immediately a phone, like the red phone, would ring, and he'd pick right. it up and be like, and it would be like, you know, like some criminal overlord, and he's just like, right. "Yeah, no, you can't do that." And then like a gun just appears next to his head, and he's just like, "Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get rid of the crypto and we'll keep the cocaine." <laughs> I think I, I, I'm almost certain this is an accurate quote. I don't have it at hand, but I, I feel like I remember the mayor of London, Ken Livingston, the mayor before British Johnson, at one point in an interview said like. He was like, why is London defeating Frankfurt as a banking capital? And he was like, well, you know, you're a banker. You're making a lot of money. You like to go out and do a little cocaine. And uh, you can't do that in Frankfurt. (laughs) That was like his argument for why London is keeping the edge. Again, I may not remember it exactly accurately, but it's something like that. Yeah, maybe slightly misquoted. Don't quote me on that one. (laughs) Don't quote me on my misquote, but I think I I am getting at something, which is your sophisticated mayors usually know what the appeal of the city is to the people that um, spend a lot of money in the city. Well, okay. Anyone else have solutions on Honduras or should we move on to our fourth and final story? (laughs) I think we do the fourth story. Well, yeah. Well, the, no, the the solution to Honduras is call your congressman. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the number in the email of your congressman. You call your yeah. congressman. 
That that ever worked? That ever has ever worked? No, it's never worked in the history of of American politics. That was the that was the great scene. Did you guys watch that movie? Sorry to bother you. Yeah, yeah. No. The, there's that great scene in Sorry to Bother You where he like discovers this like awful corporate uh, conspiracy to like literally uh, turn uh, huge amounts of people into like literal horse slaves, and he like <laughs> blows the whistle, goes on all the late night talk shows, and he's like, "Call your congressman," <laughs> you know, like this has got to stop. And, like, it just like doesn't work. <laughs> I would love, I would love uh, to see, like, I would like to follow the. If I called my congressman today, I'm really worried about this. My congressman is a. Uh, Adam Schiff, by the way, I think if I call if I called him Fun. and I was like, I'm really concerned about the problems in Honduras. I'd like you to do something about that. I, I assume I'd get, you know, I could probably talk to a person in his office, and then you I'd should like to do see it what and happens. record it. Yeah, yeah, that's an episode. Yeah, you should do it and record it and right. uh, and release it on the pod, dude. Well, I'm I'm sure they'd say like, yeah, we're very concerned, and we'll, we'll definitely relay your message. We're and then I'd it. like to see where. Where my message goes in the computer, if anyone, if they bother typing yeah. it into any sort of Excel spreadsheet yeah. file, least important calls, nobody, absolute nobody <laughs> called about nothing, <laughs> or did they just yeah. not even, does it just get put in a wastebasket? I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling, and it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together, and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. 
Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What what is the final story? What's the final story tonight? Okay, final story. I'm gonna. This is a bit of sports reporting that I myself did personally last Ooh. weekend. I was uh, pleased to attend the World Pro Bull Riding Finals in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm. They sold out the uh, T-Mobile Arena to do pro bull riding. Which, if you don't know anything about it, it's, it's sort of a spinoff sport. Pro bull riding is its own league, and it's a spinoff of a rodeo event, which is just. It, it, it is what it sounds like. They've got a big, nasty, thousand-plus-pound bull that's been bred to buck and just be crazy and is encouraged to do that by a rope around the back of it. And a cowboy gets on the back, and they let the bull out of the chute, and the cowboy has to stay on for eight seconds. If he stays on for eight seconds, it's a qualified ride, and uh, he gets a certain number of points. And this last weekend, they were crowning the world champion. Now, the world champion uh, this year, where do you guys think he was from? Te- you're going to think Texas, Montana. Th- is it, was it not Clint Eastwood? Oklahoma. No, you, yeah. You I know, watched Pride Macho. Be, you'd think it'd be somebody yeah. named like... Yeah, he'll do that at 91, and he, of yeah. course... I bet if Clint wasn't busy prepping Cry Macho 2, he probably would have been there and he probably, the Bulls, <laughs> the Bulls would have had to ride him. Uh, right. But the world champion, second year in a row for this guy, is named Jose Vitor Lemmy and he's from Brazil. The number like what? three guy is from Brazil. The number four guy is from Brazil. Pro bull riding is dominated by dudes from Brazil. And I was thinking, I was going in thinking I'm going to the most American possible thing. It's going to be Cody Baxter against Dakota, uh, also Baxter. But no, it was Brazilian <laughs> dudes left and right. I, I didn't know what to make of this. Do people know about this? I mean, I guess it's not that surprising. Brazil's kind of got a macho culture. They're chopping down the Amazon to make more and more room for bulls. I guess cattle's a thing down there. But it was kind of eye-opening to me oh, about yeah. uh, something I didn't know about Latin America. Uh, I, I first of all, I, I think this is like the um, the right way of the right way of doing gentrification is just like <laughs> putting like Latinos <laughs> in very conservative sport events. Yes, and yes. Be, you know, because they're gonna be like rooting for a Latino and you know be conflicted and then like you know create a, a better place for everyone. So yeah. I, I like and- this. I think there's a good angle here. I should say, by the way, that like it wasn't like there was I, I sort of thought maybe people would be rooting for the Americans and booing for this dude. But no, absolute respect for they this love guy. Him. And he he was amazing. Love I mean, he was he could stay on yeah. that bull. No problem. And they would give him the gnarliest. First of all, Steve. Yeah. Why did you go to this? Is, is this because WME owns that thing? Long story, it's not unrelated to that. I had pitched to these guys an uh, animated show about bull riding because I was because the bulls themselves get a score. That was what I learned. The bulls. Okay. Get, I learned that I was yeah. watching bull riding on TV and I was like, oh, they're going to crown a champion bull as well as a champion rider. So then I was like, if there were a right. cowboy and a bull who'd grown up together, were friends, but now Ooh. they were competing and maybe they double cross each other. Like if you had a cowboy and a per- and a bull who could talk to each other, that could be some interesting drama. And I thought that could be a cartoon okay. series. I pitched it to pro bull riding. They were like, amazing. Get over here. We want to show you the sport so you can really like be informed. Amazing. About it. So that's how I ended up there. Um, 
I was not bored. It, it, it's it's a compelling. No, I'm sure not. Yeah. yeah. Now you're gonna have to like. I mean, they're gonna be like, yeah, let's do the show, but you have to bring Lin Manuel Miranda to do it. <laughs> yes. Now he's a Latino. Latino. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only Latino acceptable uh, to Hollywood is Lin Manuel Miranda. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, I like thinking about the Brazil thing. I'm like, uh, you know, it's 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 funny, but I, I'm like not that surprised. I mean, Brazil. Um, Brazil was essentially like a, a slave plantation society, like the largest in the world um, uh, for, for a long time. I mean, I think Brazilian uh, Brazil outlawed slavery after the United States. Uh, yeah, 1888. That, I happen to know that one. Yeah. Which is, seems really <laughs> late, right? Very late. <laughs> they're already yeah, like, they're almost cars by then. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, the, the, the sort of legacy of that is still there and that it's still very much, uh, especially in the countryside d- dominated by these kind of like large ranch, uh, plantation hands and things like that. And I'm, I'm sure they have, uh, adopted a lot of the, the, the cultural, uh, norms, uh, 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 of the U S uh, plantation society. But the, the other, the, the thing that also reminded me of is that, you know, in international polo, uh, a similar uh, thing happens with Argentines, where okay. Argentines absolutely dominate international polo to the extent where they have to they have to pass a rule where they limited the number of Argentines you can have on your team. Like if you were like you know the the British bol- polo team, you can only have four Argentines because there were so many good Argentines that were so dominant that they wouldn't fit on the Argentinian uh, national team. So they would all just get national, like they would all get like dual nationalities and compete for other teams. Um, And at at one point it was like the world cup of polo was like, you know, France versus Argentina. And it was really just a bunch of Argentines playing each other. Um, So they they had to, they had to limit the number of Argentines you could have. Yeah. Personally, Um, I think I'd rather like polo seems a little more um, classy and uh, less, uh, spine damaging. Although I guess it is probably pretty dangerous too. Yeah, but I mean the the fancy lads like the, the the House of Windsor plays it, so it can't be that dangerous. Yeah, I don't think bull, of, the bull riding is also the House of Windsor involved in it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah I, I think, possibly. Yeah, it's more dangerous. When when one yeah. of the English princes rides a bull, then we'll know the British royal family is ready to be back on top. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, guys, I think this has been quite a review of what's going on in Latin America. We had Miami coin, uh, the latest from Chile's exile presidential candidate, a bit of talk about in recent history about Honduras. Nando, thank you for all the information on that. And some sports reporting um, from Brazil, where they continue to dominate pro bull riding. Guys, hit us up on Twitter, email four from the south. This is our show. This is what we do. We like to report on the uh, world of big Latin America. Nando, thanks so much for joining. Fab, all the best to you. Thank you. Later. Four from the South is hosted by me, Steve Healy, and Fabrizio Capano. Robert O'Shaughnessy is our producer. Original theme song by Amy Stolzenbach. Four from the South is a production of Exile Content Studio in partnership with iHeartRadio's Michael Tura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeart, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ding, ding. 
tengo diabetes. Yo, asma. Estamos, Estamos en riesgo, riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. 19 años o más con afecciones crónicas como asma, diabetes, EPOC o enfermedad cardíaca o tienes 65 años o más, estás en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Aunque te hayas vacunado previamente con otras vacunas contra la neumonía, Prevnar 20 puede ayudar a proveer protección adicional. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones de 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Los adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. Los efectos secundarios incluyen dolor e hinchazón en el área de la inyección, fatiga, dolor de cabeza, dolor muscular y en las coyunturas. Para obtener la información para la prescripción completa, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 